Hope you know how wonderful you are How bright your gentle star shines into the night Good morning. You're listening to Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie. Every Friday here on 1150 AM KKNW, I'll be introducing you to fascinating people, fun places to visit, and activities are guaranteed to lift your spirits. I have to say I warned everyone about coughing this morning. Rule number one from Benny, forgot to clear throat. Check. (laughs) You know, like if you emphasize something, then it actually happens to you. You got to be careful about that. It's all good. It happens. Welcome back. Maybe that's it. Welcome back. Yeah. That is Ben Shaw. Um, thebenshaw.com, and he did that song at my house on Whidbey Island a month ago, or maybe was longer good than that. It sounded great. And he's playing tomorrow at Bailey's Corner on Whidbey Island, and he has a new album. That song's called Shine Again. And I wanted something kind of positive for today's show, because we're lifting people's spirits, of course. Um, I'm going to let people know where I'm going to be. I'm starting um, my healing work again, so I'm doing a healing uh, fair and that is March 19th at Bayview Corner. And I'll be doing my Chakras 101 Feng Shui for Fun, which is kind of cleaning out your clutter. And then we have um, singing bowls, Reiki, all kinds of fun things going on. It's from 12 to 6, Bayview Corner, Bayview Cash Store, second story, second floor. And then I'm going to do Celebrate Earth Day at Earth Sanctuary with Chuck Pettis. Gail Picken will be there. She's back. And Gail Krumberg will be doing her uh, singing bowls. But you get to hang out with me for a whole day. We'll go to the beach. We will go uh, Earth Sanctuary. If you haven't been there, it's earthsanctuary.org. Chuck Pettis is amazing. So we're going to hang out with him for a couple hours, do some Reiki and um, chakra readings with me. If you need uh, to find out info on that, you can go to my Facebook page, Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie, or visit my website, Dina-Marie. So I have two lovely men in the studio and I'm going to introduce Joel Camburn first. Good morning, Joel. Good morning, Dina. So you're starting a podcast. This is true. <laughs> and then you said, he's a good friend of mine. And then you said, what program do you use? And I said, Benny. And, <laughs> and it works. And you've met Benny before. Hey, thanks. And then I said, you should be on my show. You did. And I said, I'm going to hijack your show. So Joel is right now hijacking my show. Oh, officially hijacked. This is it. Nice. What was the thing you said you're doing something for cleaning out? You just Feng shui. Feng shui for fun. It's like a garage sale for the soul. What is that about? I'm going to use that. (laughs) So what you do is you go into your house and you have corners, like relationship corners, career corners. And then I send you to that corner and you look at that corner. So for instance, in my relationship corner... For about three years, I didn't clean it out, and it was pretty ugly. <laughs> and it had, like, uh, a plant that had gotten wet all over this corner, and I haven't had a relationship in three years. <laughs> so I kind of clean out my corner, and then um, it just represents energy. I love it. That's great. Well, speaking of relationships, uh, we have in the studio with us Darren Leggett, who is one of our dearest friends from way back. Darren, who was president when we first met? I am going to go with probably Jimmy Carter. I think you're probably right. Wow. This is good. This is, it's a better way than saying how old are we. Yeah, right? yeah. But we're old. Now we're really old. Yeah. So, and 
you know, I love being here, by the way. Thanks for inviting us. Uh, it's good to have this trio together. I really want to talk about Dina, but I don't want me to talk about Dina. I want Darren to talk about Dina, and I want Benny to jump in once in a while and talk about I'm Dina. I'm here. Because oh, we have this great group of people. Dina, I want you to talk about Dina. Um, but what I want to start out with is the fact that those of us in the room and the people listening know that you spend almost every waking hour thinking about other people and thinking about how you can have a positive impact. I mean, look at the name of the show, right? It's Lift Your Spirits. Everything you do, you've written books, you do these, you do these escapes, you do all these wonderful things. You invite people to go to the beach and go to the healing things. It's all about other people. And that's lovely. And that's who you are. It's part of your soul. Um, and when Darren and I first met you, that was part of the, part of the trio we had. Um, Darren, what do you remember about Dina's first impact that made you smile? She, she was very outgoing. You know, I appreciate the fact that she, back in that day when we were much younger, there's always the attitude that certain people might have a persona that could be reserved or stuck up. But she was such an outgoing and bubbly person. She was really easy to open up to and, and garnish a friendship with. There's no Kleenex in this, Dina. I Don't know. Even start. I'm gonna cry. Here we go. So, so, so let's let's figure this out. Okay, I'm really curious how things how things transition. And so, without asking age, we'll go back to the presidents. Who was president when you were born, Dina? Do you know? Kennedy. Kennedy, really I, impressive. I think so. So you're my age because <laughs> of course I'm okay, here. So I I was born I was born five days before Kennedy was shot, and when I was old enough to understand that, my brothers convinced me that I was so ugly that somebody shot the president. So, um, so I know, I know when he was shot. Aww. I think maybe you were right around that, but maybe a little bit younger. Uh, regardless, we go back a little ways. We've all got a little gray hair, right? So I'm curious, Dina, in fourth grade, things are still beautiful in fourth grade. We didn't know each other yet. The only thing we think about is, am I going to wake up in time to see the cartoons, right? In fourth grade, what did you want to be? What was your life's ambition? And don't say I wanted to be a pony because that's, <laughs> that's second grade. Probably wanted to take care of dogs. They were my best friends. I love dogs. That's ironic. So what's a career at taking care of dogs when you're in fourth grade? Oh, gosh. I used to just hang out with them, take pictures of them with a Polaroid camera. I had a whole photo album full of dogs. A Polaroid. Those of you who don't know what a Polaroid is, <laughs> go to Google real quick. <laughs> Polaroid's awesome. So dogs. And, so, and now, actually, you're spending some time with dogs again. I love it. I really do. How about that? That's pretty cool. Darren, fourth grade. Fourth grade. Well, now you're sending me back to Southern California. I was one of those kids with bleached out blonde hair and shorty shorts and dodgeball. Okay, we could do the without game. the shorty shorts. Yeah, dodge- it is March. <laughs> it is March. Not far, but... Dodgeball was the game back then, so I probably at some point in time I wanted to aspire to be a professional dodgeball player. Nice. They made a movie about you. <laughs> they did. <laughs> That's awesome. A fantasy movie. So fourth grade, do you want to work with dogs? You don't know what that is, though. I have no idea. I just know I loved animals, and I. I prefer, I'd go to the beach with my my aunt lived in uh, Mission Beach, and I would bring all these dogs home, and she'd be like, "Dina, you'd bring dogs home," and then I would go home, and those dogs thought they lived there, <laughs> so I would bring all because back then dogs just wandered, it, all the dogs wandered, there wasn't any leashes or any. They so I would just attract these dogs, and they would go to my aunt's house at the beach. Did you carry steak in your pocket or something? Or I have no <laughs> idea what I did. I probably just spent time with them. Nice. You were the leader of the pack early. I, I really, literally was the leader of that pack, yeah. Yeah, that's. I, I'm impressed. And you're doing it again. Because one of the things you told me recently is that you're, you're spending some time dog sitting. And you told me that is the most peaceful thing you can do. In fact, you were just telling Darren and I about laying hands on dogs. Can you <laughs> share that? So I do healing work. I do the Reiki energy work. And uh, so I started uh, hanging out with dogs. I was doing it pre-pandemic so I could travel. And you get to go all these places. I could go to Hawaii and watch someone's dog. Anyways. Steal somebody's dog? Yes. Steal their dog. 
But well, the best part now is I can leave them there. I get to spend time with them and then I leave. But I have something different that I do. So I'll, we all get together, meet this dog, and then I just put my hand on the dog and it doesn't jump on me. But it jumps on everyone else. And then by the end, like the owner's going, why don't you visit someone else besides Dina, the dog? Because you're supposed to get to know the, the pet sitters. And the dogs are just sitting by me. So there's something about my Reiki training or the energy. And I don't have scratches because people's dogs will jump on you. So I just put my hand on, on the dog's head and then they just look at me. It's and you, crazy. you attribute that to Reiki. I do. So how does that work? How does that impact? How does that energy flow through you? And how, do, how did you train yourself? Or is it just something that naturally came to you? Well, I think it's natural for me. Um, but I compare it to, uh, some of my clients call it a big hug. But it's, there's a different energy behind touch. And you, like we had a big hug in the hall. There, there's a different energy behind it. And I, I compare it to when my kids were sick and I would put my hand on their head. Or when my grandfather was passing over. It's in my Or's Angel coloring book. It was just natural to put my hand on him. It's called um, compassionate touch or therapeutic touch in hospitals. Hospice uses it. And do you do this in your retreats? I, I, yes, I do. I do it all the time. And you've got retreats. one coming up, don't you? I have, and I do the four-hour retreat, so we start it with that. Nice. And then people just get off my table, and for instance, a nurse who's really struggling through this whole time, and she's just like, it's like an eight-hour nap, and they feel good, and then we start the retreat, and they're in a different space. How about that? What kind of uh, reservations do people have, or do they? Do they come in, and you just relax them, you light a candle, you burn some incense? <laughs> I don't know. You have to educate Darren and I. I usually just tell them, to, I know, it's just crazy. I say it a lot, hey, get on my table. <laughs> I know it sounds we so random. We could slap for that, Darren. Uh, they they, they <laughs> know what it is before they get there. And, you know, I have a, a massage table. And it's up uh, with Sonia. You were on the show with Sonia. And so it's a Bayview Healing Suites. Sonia's delightful. Yeah. Most people know what Reiki is. And they're looking forward to oh, it. Oh, do they? And, yeah. And your, your clothes are on. <laughs> this um, is good. I, yeah. Because uh, we're not going to go down that road again, are we, Danny? <laughs> ratings, ratings, ratings. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's just, it's, it's energy work. It's about 45 minutes. And then we uh, do the chakra reading, which you have had. Oh, Darren had it too in Lopez. Um, so it's just uh, energy. And I can see where you're blocked. And through the Reiki and the session, you find what's missing. And sometimes it could just be a heart to heart conversation. It could be you think too much. Got it. You could just make your intentions known. Be grateful. So this is something you trend, You just evolved this from your days playing with dogs and stealing people's dogs in the neighborhood with a handful of steak. I branched out and started touching people. I love it. <laughs> That's beautiful. So we're in fourth grade. You want to be a dog trainer or a dog collector, apparently, right? Darren wants to be a professional dodgeball guy. Benny's already recording stuff. Benny, what were you doing in fourth grade? Uh, I was living in Alaska. I was probably at the time aspiring to be a a fisherman, you know, like a gilner. My dad did it for a while. He was a doctor, couldn't do that yet. So I stepped in the next line of uh, job. And so I was helping him out on the boat. I uh, played a little bit of hockey at the time. So yeah. could have been that. Didn't really have anything set, set. But you visualize someday you'd be sitting here in this room with us. So I did listen to a lot of radio in the room working on all my Lego sets. I think that might be a contributor there as well. Um, I remember the radio on in the background. And then when I moved, um, DJing equipment kind of like was around a few of my friends and kind of started dabbling with that. And then I went to Western yep. and then for two years, they didn't have a communications degree after a uh, department after a while. So, but I uh, got on local, the Cugs, you know, the college station there. And then I was like, man, this is what I want to do. Nice. Well, so you I, knocked it out of the park, buddy. Uh, so far, I mean, it's done pretty good for the last 20 years. I did finish out at WSU. So I got my communications degree awesome. from out there. So, yep. So I had to drive after that, but. So that's fourth grade up until. You got it. You got yeah. the 
Yeah, express version. Because Manny's looking <laughs> at the version. clock going, come on, just roll. Yeah, let's go. 30 <laughs> seconds, man. I got to get it all in there. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So fourth grade happens, right? Come along seventh grade, Darren and I meet. Eighth grade, the three of us get together. Who's president? Reagan. Nope, not quite. <laughs> oh, darn it. Jimmy, Jimmy, who's in hospice right now. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes, yeah. it would oh, still Jimmy. be Carter. Yeah. yeah, what a gentleman, by the way. He's my favorite person. Jane Goodall and him. Jane Goodall rocks. They're my favorite people. We were going to have Jane Goodall on today. I but know. she's busy monkeying around someplace. <laughs> she is. Literally. Betty, you can just rinse I was going to le- leave that one by yeah, itself. Probably I'm, just I'm as a well. dad. I love dad hey, jokes. Some so of them don't that work. One. Yeah. That would work perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, yeah, Jim Carter, I had a chance to meet him a couple of times. What a gentleman. Um, and just one of those energies. It's an energy, right? Somebody has a positive impact. Was it at church in Georgia? It was not at teaches? church in Georgia. No, he teaches every Sunday. That's what he did. He did. Every he's, he's Sunday not, school. He's not teaching this weekend. No, he's as far not. As I know. Bless his um, heart. At least not in Georgia. He might be teaching upstairs. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, okay, so we get together, and now life starts to happen, right? Because you, you enter those adolescent years, and you get distracted. Things happen. So you go from wanting to collect dogs and wanting to be a professional dodgeball player to dealing with the interaction of peer pressure. And different influences coming in. It's no longer just your family that you're hanging out with or the neighbor's dogs or your aunt and uncle. So what happens in those years? So let's fast forward to eighth grade. At eighth grade, you know, what did you, what, where did you see your life going in eighth grade? Wow. I want to be a cruise director. Really? Because of the love boat? You want to be like? <laughs> I think in seventh grade you had to say, what, what were, were you good at? And it was a cruise director. Nice. Like, yeah, like the love boat. It's kind of what you're doing right and now. And decorating and interior design. Which is kind of what I do now, too. That's How weird. Huh? Okay. <laughs> okay, so you've reached your aspirations. That's nice. Okay, next show. No. Uh, that's, <laughs> actually, that's pretty cool. Cruise director. Was it because of the travel involved? Was it because of the interaction with people, the hospitality? I think is what Darren said is that social kind of making everybody happy. And that's what your job is. You know, if you do a retreat with like 12 people, you're trying to keep everyone happy. So maybe that's it. The people pleaser. Wow. Whoa. There you go. That's your next book. How not to people, please? <laughs> no, you should people, please. You're great at it. It's a gift that you have. It truly is, which is why we're sitting here chatting about it. Um, it's a gift, and you share it with other people. And right now, you're going out over the airwaves to do the same thing. You're not doing this because you're, you're, you're looking to cash in on it. You're doing this because you want to have a positive impact on others. She's over there nodding for those yes, of you listening. It's She's nodding. True. <laughs> There's no Kleenex, so that's good. No, yeah. Darren, eighth grade, you wanted to be a professional baseball player. Uh, more more or less probably in a line of law enforcement. By then, I'd probably been so saturated with police shows that it was, hey, one of these days, I want to be like Jim Reed from Adam 12, or I want to be like this guy from Hill Street Blues. So by then, I think I was really focusing on a career in law enforcement. Nice. I totally see that. Yeah, I do too, because you've got your, your calm, you're compassionate, you care about people. You're not the kind of you wouldn't have gone in law enforcement with the guy who wants to carry the gun. You would have gone in the guy who wants to solve problems and help people. Kind and approachable. Just, and that's who you are. Right? Oh, Darren's okay. officer friendly. Yes, he is. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Officer friendly, one Adam 12. See the man. I can just, I got it right now. <laughs> that's a great reference. Love that show. Yeah. We could go talk about that. So let's back up a minute. Saturday morning cartoons. Favorite cartoon, Darren? Saturday morning as a kid. So many. I would go with, and this is going way, way back, the Bugaloos. The bu- you can remember the back. Bugaloos. Yeah. I do. That's it, a way back. Yeah. yeah. What, what time were they on? 
about seven in the morning. That's why it was <laughs> nice. You had to get out of bed. You had to be dedicated to watch that show. Did you have to fight with your brother to get the remote? I was an early riser. There wasn't a remote. That's there was a like, good thunk, point. Thunk. And <laughs> the youngest is the remote. Yeah. I yeah. was the remote and sometimes the aerial for better reception. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Dina, favorite cartoon when you're a kid? It was the ja- oh, Jackson 5. Anybody? The- and then we had the Osmonds. Oh. Y- Anything with music and dancing. That's, you know, strange. but Some true. things never change. I know. <laughs> the Bugaloos, how does that fit into a personality? I'm thinking it was the music and maybe the cute girl with the wings. <laughs> it was the girl. It was the girl. Yeah, it could have been. It could have been. <laughs> been. That's a distraction. Yeah. No question about it. Mine was the Pink Panther. I loved the Pink Panther. He was so smooth. <laughs> and that Mancini song, I just, that's good stuff. I would watch it with my dad Saturday mornings. Wow. Yeah, great memories. I'd watch it today if it was still on. Don't tell me I can watch it on online. Cartoon. I bet you could. <laughs> no problem. It's oh. on somewhere. Are there still cartoons that are worth? Dina's looking at the clock. Is it break time? <laughs> tell me no. Yeah, we're, we're going to go. We're doing okay. Well, hang on. Can I answer this? <laughs> Yo, Y'all went around the room. Sorry. I don't get to answer the cartoon question. <laughs> I was hey, under Benny, pressure. Thank Benny, you. Favorite cartoon. Thank you for asking. You're welcome, buddy. <laughs> so you all mentioned like TV series. They right. weren't actually cartoons. But for me, a kid from the late 70s and early 80s, that's a definite cartoon range. Smurfs and Snorks, which was like a spin of the Smurfs. I don't know if you know what the Snorks. They were underwater and they had a little thing on a little tube on top of their head. How could you go wrong with that? Hi, that's why I liked it. <laughs> that's beautiful. The we guy love who, the Smurfs. The Everyone guy who wanted to be a fisherman is now a, you, identifying people underwater that he course, can snag. Yeah. Exactly. What, what kind of bait do the Snorks? Oh they, yeah, what, what were they? they? I don't recall what they I were. I do remember them, but mm-hmm. the Smurfs, of course. Benny, who was president? It would have been Reagan. There you go. Yep. Atta boy. Mm-hmm. Never, never met Ronnie. <laughs> well. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to well. take our break. You're listening to Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie. Stay tuned. Lift Your Spirits with me, Dina Marie, on Whidbey Island. I'll be a tour guide for your spirit and a travel agent for your soul. Retreats include a healing session for your body, your mind, and your spirit. You'll receive a Reiki session plus a chakra reading, experience a labyrinth in the woods, take a walk on the beach, and enjoy downtown Langley with me. Retreats are customized for you or a group of friends. You can visit dina-marie.com to connect with me today. Island time is waiting for you. Planning your visit to Earth Sanctuary. Hi, I'm Chuck Pettis, spiritual land artist, owner, and creator of Earth Sanctuary. Today I'd like to give you some info about visiting Earth Sanctuary. First, let me invite you to come and explore one of the most lovingly created eco-art sites in the world. Earth Sanctuary combines exemplary ecology with art and spirit to create a sanctuary for birds and wildlife and a peaceful and magical place for personal renewal and spiritual connection. Reclaim your spirit in its beautiful forests and reflective ponds. Experience stone circles and land art. Walk the labyrinth. Amplify your prayers at the Native American medicine wheel. Experience an authentic Buddhist stupa. Enjoy the abundance of birds while walking the nature reserve's two miles of trails. Earth Sanctuary is open to visitors every day of the year during daylight hours. There is a fee of $7 per person to visit Earth Sanctuary. Payment can be made with cash, check, Venmo, or PayPal at either 2059 Newman Road or 5536 Emo Road entrances. On the bulletin board are QR codes to pay via Venmo or PayPal. Or just put your cash or check in one of the provided envelopes and insert into the metal box beside the bulletin board. You can pay in advance by clicking Day Pass on earthsanctuary.org. No dogs, please. 
We like our canine friends, but they can disturb the wildlife, flora, and fauna in Earth Sanctuary's fragile environment. If you prefer, you may leave your dog in your car. People ask me, where do I park? The 2059 Newman Road parking area is very clear. Please park facing the hill. If the Newman Road parking area is filled, drive to the Emo Road entrance. To get to the Emo Road entrance, go to the end of the driveway, make a left, and in six-tenths of a mile, turn left onto Emo Road. The entrance is up the hill and is marked with prayer flags. If you enter Earth Sanctuary via the 5536 Emo Road entrance, please pay at the bulletin board first. Then you can either park in front of the bulletin board, or you can drive down the hill or up the hill to small parking areas. There are printed tour guides with maps and literature holders at each bulletin board that you can use to find your way around the nature trails and all the sacred spaces and sculptures. If you have limited time, consider starting at the Newman Road side to visit the Dolmen and Labyrinth, and then drive to the Emo Road side to visit the sculptures, Fenstone Circle, and Cottonwoodstone Circle. Please visit Earth Sanctuary soon. I look forward to meeting you on the trails. Bored with the other stations? Hammering away on the same old talking points? Try Alternative Talk 1150 and get some variety. Welcome back. You're listening to Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie. And what song was that, Benny? Oh, it's not my era. <laughs> this is Darren. Yeah. That was the bug loose, and my spirit has been lifted so high right now. <laughs> see? But we can actually see him on the screen flying. It's funny. That was beautiful. I want a bowl of Captain Crunch. Oh, yeah. Because that goes with breakfast cereal. Favorite breakfast cereal. Ooh. Darren, while you're watching the bug loose, what were you eating? Uh, what you just said, Captain Crunch. Oh, Me too, yeah. What happened to the captain? Benny? I think he's still around. I'm sure he's he did. still there. I don't think he lost his job. A month, a month ago. <laughs> I, I look at Benny. Hey, Benny, what's going on with that? A month ago, my grandson, <laughs> right, I got like to I watch him for you. three or four days, and he's like, Grandma, let's do Cap'n Crunch. <laughs> nice. And I'm not supposed to buy it, right? So I get this huge box of so Cap'n Crunch. We go up to the grocery lady, and I go, "This is," I go, happy birthday, Ethan. <laughs> and he's like, this is the best birthday present ever, because <laughs> he's not supposed to eat it, right? Anyways, they were gone, and so we dumped it all out before they got home. <laughs> oh, you dumped it all into a bowl with I'm some gra- milk. Yeah, yeah. I'm Grandma Dean. I can do whatever I want. You can. I heard a rumor he was killed by a serial killer. Oh, boom. Oh, my gosh. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> I gave you a rim shot, by the way. That was well-deserved. <laughs> totally. Better than the first one. <laughs> yes, amen to that. Uh, 1963 is when uh, Captain Crunch first started and was introduced, So, and they're still going strong. There you go. See, look. 63. Like, the Captain and I came around. All right. Right? Captain Crunch. wonder what he had to do with the Kennedy assassination. <laughs> Coincidence? <laughs> I think not. So, Darren, we just opened up with the Bugaloos, right? And this is your theme song. And we were talking earlier about what you, what you wanted to be when you grew up. And, and in eighth grade, you were going to kind of law enforcement things. And that has transitioned beautifully into what you actually do. And if you let me just for a moment, I want to brag about you. <laughs> Darren is one of the kindest people you ever meet. And he has, as long as I've known him, he's always looked for ways to help other people and to influence other people. He has something positive to say all the time. Darren's one of those people that you could walk around the room and nobody would have anything negative to say about him, which is lovely. That's, that's really lovely. And this is not a eulogy, by the way. This is, oh, and he can remember everything. Which is frightening, <laughs> right? He remembers what those people were wearing or not wearing when we were in the canoe, but that's another story. So, Darren, talk about what you've been doing in the last few years and how that kind of ties into law enforcement okay um two two fronts i need to discuss the first one would be my occupation i chose to stay home to raise my boys and in doing so 
I picked a job that their hours in school would revolve around my career. So while putting my life on hold, I was a stay-home dad. And then as soon as my youngest was old enough to go to school full-time, I got on with a school district. And I've been responsible for about 650 to 700 kids a year for the last 21 years out on a playground. So talk about uh, anarchy needing some type of organization and legality. I'm the guy out there with the whistle trying to keep the peace, trying to teach empathy and those types of situations. On the other front, umpiring. Sometime back in 99, 2000, uh, my oldest son's ballgame couldn't get started. So like most umpires, somebody came through and threatened that there would be no game if somebody didn't step up. So I was that dad that was called out of the bleachers, got down there, uh, did the best that I could. And all of a sudden I realized that it was the best seat in the house to be right behind home plate and have a catcher in front of me calling balls and strikes. I've done the same thing too. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. I've been blessed in that I've been able to be an instructor through for about 11 states. It's the Western region. I'm involved with Little League, both baseball and softball. I do the big diamond. I do the small diamond. I've worked numerous prestigious tournaments, not a World Series yet. I'm working towards that. But I, I cannot begin to tell you how much I've been blessed in that arena and how much fun I've had serving. And, and there's no pay in that arena, at least where I am. There are some little leagues that pay their umpires. Where I'm at, it's all volunteer. <clears throat> and so it's kind of like dodgeball, right? Because that thing's flying at you. You sometimes have to get out of the way, don't you? I would say yes. I wasn't very good at that in 2016. I took two baseballs to the face in a regional tournament while on ESPN+. Plus. Still have the footage in my phone if you're interested. We can't show it on radio, but after the oh, second I'm gonna pitch. I'm going to find it, though. <laughs> <laughs> after the second pitch, I nine minutes later, I had to leave the game. I was concussed, and unfortunately, I couldn't finish the semifinal I was working. But the gentleman who came in and took my place just rocked it. So dodgeball really wasn't your thing then? No, I, I couldn't catch a wrench. So. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Catch a wrench. And I couldn't dodge a baseball. Okay, fair enough. I like it. Dina, could you have seen Darren doing this back when we were in junior high school? Uh, yeah. I could uh, be a teacher. I mean, and, and working with, oh, it's just because Darren, I said approachable, but that's important. And I think I'm approachable. And, you know, so is Joel. But there's some people that just aren't. And children need that. Um, and I think as a police officer that you would have been really good at that too. But I think where you're at right now is, is perfect. And I'm here I'm wanting to be around animals, and I love children. Your energy is super lovely because you're around kids. So does energy attract energy? Uh, yes. So how, how it just hypothesizing, you mentioned something I think is, is, is brilliant, and it's something that's missing. And, is that, is that, and I don't mean physical touch, but the, the emotional touch with children. Um, and certainly coming out of this pandemic, you know, there was a lot of isolation, and, and this, I think, is going to plague us for years to come. I think we can all agree on that, but we have to, which means we have to overcome it now. What can we do as a society? I'm throwing this out to both. We'll start with Dina, just for the sake that we have microphones. Um, what do you see as a, as a societal, not shift, but something we can actually do to help impact that at a local level? Well, I, I, we've been friends forever, and we did hang out, us, during the pandemic, and uh, uh, Darren mentioned that the kids were still going to school. Some kids were at home. It was locked down and that whole. That was not good for the children. But how many kids you fed? The amount uh, of meals that came through? At school, there was uh, about 120 kids that were coming in. That, that They were mostly high risk. And we had two very brave first grade teachers who absolutely refused to stay at home and mm-hmm. teach Zoom. They said, no, I'm 
give me a class list. I'll take my 18 to 24 kids, and I'll teach every day. So we had two first-grade classes that we're in that I might say now it, there's a huge difference in our third grade amongst the kids that were in school versus the ones that were at home trying to learn by Zoom. Human contact. So what's our call to action? Human For contact. Everybody who's listening right Essential. now, what can they do today? What, today, what can they you do can put today? down your phone. Mm-hmm. You can call your best friend from eighth grade, and you can go have tea or hey, coffee. Hey, Darren, want to have tea? Or, yeah, come, tea? or come to Woodby Island and hang out with me and drink liqueurs. I don't care, but you have to get together physically. It's important. Absolutely. Darren, what do you see? You work with kids all the time. Uh, you're one of the most compassionate people I know. What can people do right now, today? I would agree that, you know, we've, we've got to put the electronics down. During that stretch, we have a bubble of about three grades worth of students. At that time, they would have been first, second, and third graders. Now they've moved on. Some are in middle school and some are at the tail end, fifth graders at my school. We have a bubble there that we have kids that have no idea what compassion or empathy or the ability to say, I'm sorry. They missed out on that tool. It's a huge learning tool when those, they're, they're at that specific age group. And we reinforce it outside all the time because that's our environment where we allow kids to be themselves. When they're in the classroom, they're there to learn. When they're outside, they're there to decompress. But while they're decompressing, we're teaching them lifelong skills. We have three years worth of kids, that bubble, that didn't get that. It's really hard to look an 11-year-old kid in the eye and ask him why he didn't say I'm sorry or why he didn't reach a hand out and pull somebody back up on their feet. And they have no clue as towards why you're trying to ask them or teach them that tool. So for now, put the electronics down, get involved with your kids, get them involved in activities that they like and can enjoy, and be there to support them. So if I'm a career coach, I'm taking Darren aside and I'm saying, we're going to send you on tour. You're going to go to every (laughs) school board in the country. You're going to have a chat with the directors of the school board. And you're going to tell them, put down your phones, look at me, listen to me, and you're going to do an exercise with them, and they're going to take that into the classrooms. So I think you're absolutely right. And I would hope... There's educators I have a huge respect for, so I'm sure that they've got this in their heart and deal with it every day. I would hope it's coming from the people who hold the purse strings, and they know that there's this is a, a huge issue, that people are spending the resources to make sure that that is happening right now. I don't know that it is. I, I'm speaking completely off the top of my head. When, you're, is, when your child is. is at home and in front of a computer, then watching television and then on a phone playing a game, we're in deep trouble. I mean, that's the bottom line. And so... Uh, like we went to a band this last year and uh, Ethan is playing an instrument and the the two years there was nobody in band. So you have empty chairs and the teacher's crying because the kids could not tactile, hands-on. They couldn't get it through Zoom. Right. But because of this lockdown and the amount of time they're in front of a screen, it's it's too easy for everyone just to, to leave them in front of the screen. But the playground, is it's, it's, it's essential. They need to be outside. They need to interact. They need to have fun. Uh, that's what I'm just saying. The, the whole It's getting too easy for us just to put our kids in front of something and walk away. So you've got, what, three or four million people listening right now? Is that Benny's about <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, trillions about of right. people. Yeah. Rough, roughly three <laughs> yeah, or four million? Give or take. Yeah, depending mm-hmm. on what's sure. going on outside. Yeah, right. um, so all those people need to set down their phone today, reach out, make somebody feel good, make them positive, and, and interact with, with young people. Look them in the eye right, and talk to them. Screen time, we talked about that. That's the, the plague. And those of us who've been around since the Kennedy administration, we, we grumble about that. It's kind of like the new get off my lawn. But it, it's an impact, right? Darren, what was that first digital electronic toy that you remember? I remember it. I, if you it, and I played it. Yeah, if it pertains to video games, I would say it would be like the Atari. 
And the game was probably Pong at Leota. And we used to stand in line. And the victor got to stay and play. And <laughs> there was a line of 30, 40, 50 kids that would get an opportunity to knock that victor off their pedestal. Absolutely. I yeah. remember that. We had it. Because Pong was a big deal. We played Atari in your basement. Yes, that's that how we got better and we could actually Yeah, because we were, like, we were going to be pro Atari players. <laughs> Absolutely. That's it. Pong, bring it, baby. Um, and then we had that little digital football thing. Remember that? It'd go, yeah. What was that? I don't remember what it was. Do you remember that thing? All I know is my dad owned a bar oh, in Redmond right. in Bellevue. So I had access to Asteroids and Pac-Man and, you know, all Asteroids. those things before anyone else did. And it was, I got to play it all day long. No, not all day because I had to leave eventually. <laughs> The bar. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> it was Sunday mornings, believe it or not. That's why I'd be playing games. Hey. So, at that time. So, we were we were kind of the first of the screen generation. So, maybe it's our fault. But that means it's also ours to fix or to enhance. Well, how, we're addicted to, like, someone said, you, you should learn this new program. I'm like, I don't want to be on my phone any more than I'm already on my phone because we have to use it for work now. Right. I mean, Zoom, all your meetings. We used to meet in person. Yeah. All those uh meetings are now in front of your computer that's a good point all of them well let's change that and and i was telling you when we first got here that i was in the studio with benny and this building was empty for two years and i couldn't have guests in the studio but it was really nice to see benny and it was nice to physically show up for something thanks (laughs) yeah i was held up here yeah no i'm just kidding i I was able to leave it was him (laughs) only in the building i think sometimes but you know there were a few of us left here working yes it was crazy so we're yeah. talking about educators. Educators? Favorite teacher from junior high school, Dana. Do you remember? Oh, gosh. Bless America. Let's go to Darren while you think. Yeah. Because <laughs> Darren, Darren remembers everything. Yes, he'll he tell does. us what the guy he'll was wearing. He'll tell me my favorite teacher because he'll remember. I am going to go with Mr. DeLuji. There was mm-hmm. something about that guy. He was, he was a kid at heart, and he could back up the athleticism. So he wasn't a guy out there showing you how to play basketball but could never play basketball or telling you how to play it but couldn't do it. Everything that Keith DeLuji did was beyond better. I mean, it, it was he was phenomenal. He was genuine. He was genuine. I remember him well. He was a good guy. Dina, anybody? Anybody? <laughs> Can I go to sixth grade? Beep. Let's go to high school because <laughs> we're going to leap forward a little bit. So, I have to mention Miss Benaltaby because she was my teacher right up here cool at Sunset um, Elementary in sixth grade, and she was the most amazing teacher she taught us art. She taught us empathy. She taught us all those things that none of the other teachers were teaching her. And I even tried to find her to get her on my show. Miss, Mrs. B is what we called her. The most beautiful person ever. But I went to Sunset Elementary. It's right behind here at Factoria. Those of you on the radio who can't see, Any, she's actually pointing. So. <laughs> to Sunset Elementary in Factoria. But if Mrs. Benaltavi, the most life-changing person I've ever had in my whole life. Love it. That's fabulous. Who's going to say that about you? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I bet lots of people. Oh, well. There's that book, The Five People You Meet in Heaven. It's Mitch Album, I think it is. And it, great book if you haven't read it. Fabulous. It's a one-day read. Sit down, feel good. But it also talks about, he, he touches on the fact that we have an impact on people we don't realize we're having. You're daring you around kids all day long, right? And you're having that impact. They're going to remember that. You know, the people you have on your show, the people who are listening to you. I have a good story. Oh, do share. Okay. So I was the Camino Chamber, and I met uh, FBLA. Future Business Leaders of America group, because they were working with us. And I mentored two young ladies. And one was Amber Boyd. And she had a little bit of a speech impediment. 
but George Colby, bless his beautiful heart, um, helped me get her so I could help her. She could do sales, and I could have her do cold calls. And she got to a point where she was selling things, and she was helping me and learning how I had a magazine back then and the show. So on my memories this morning, they were on my show together, the two of them, uh, maybe four years ago. And the best part about it is uh, George Colby said, if you would have asked me two years ago if Amber would be on a radio show with me, I would say absolutely not because she was so um, her speech impediment. And then after a while, she just didn't care. And then she thrived and she went off and went to college. And so that's just one. Thank you. Because I was thinking, how, how many people have I changed? I don't know. All I have to do is go through my guests and the kids I worked with, the kids and how they thrive when you're mentored over a short period of time. It was like Fridays after school, you know, and how, how much what a difference you can make in a child's life. Absolutely. And, and, and we should all strive. And Darren, you do this every day. It's, and Benny's got twin boys at home, for crying out loud. Every day is a For adventure. crying out loud. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> there are days where I cry out loud. <laughs> Let, let's have a moment for yeah, Benny. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Everybody take a moment. Well, you just touched on something. I want, we were talking about teachers, and I want to leapfrog into high school. So those, those years from 7th and 8th grade, well, first of all, you see the transition from 4th grade to 8th grade, right? You know, you want, you want to do these things that you really want to do in your heart. Eighth grade comes along, we got peer pressure, we got interaction, we talked about that a little bit ago. We get into high school, and now there's distractions like crazy, right? And we get derailed, all of us do, right? We all found something, and um, we don't need to go into that because it's kind of silly. But we, we got the scars that made us who we are today, but also those scars are experiences. You know, it's, I've got, a, side note, I got this, I, my stepfather's had many surgeries. He's just this hardworking construction guy. He's got scars all over. So when he was about, 80 years old, I got him this T-shirt that I found at some bike place, and it said, uh, pain is temporary, scars are forever, chicks dig scars. <laughs> and there's this 80-year-old guy where he, and it works, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, I digress. You, you guys know him, Mr. Rollinger. Uh -huh. Joel Rollinger. Yeah. Um, anyway, where's I going with that? Oh, so we, we develop these, these personalities, and they're not necessarily the same personality we had in fourth grade, but that's okay. We're supposed to grow and evolve, right? So we get through all that garbage, and we learn these things, and we come out the other side, and we go, wow, what, what just happened? Who am I now as an adult, right? Um, and we know each other, so we see that. Dina, let's, let's talk about how you evolved from the scars that we acquire and the, the life experiences we have that aren't always as pleasant as we like them to be. How did you evolve from that to a point where you now have your retreats, and you now have your radio show, and you've got your books that you've written, and you're impacting lots of people? How did that happen? You know what I think I've learned is to be yourself. And in high school, I tried to be everybody but myself so I could fit in. And I realized I didn't fit in to any actual group <laughs> as much as I tried. And then I figured out if I was myself, and this is as an adult, you know, because I still, just getting out of high school, still tried to people please, right? And then there was a point where I'm like, I just got to be me. And I'm different, right? Obviously, I have you guys pulling rocks. <laughs> Here, pull your rocks and I'll read your chakras. I mean, that's crazy, but that's edit who I that, am. Just that whole, yeah. Nah, I'll leave it. <laughs> okay. They're crystals. And, and the, in the end, the healing touch or, uh, or like, okay, the conversations, the heart, heart conversations, you don't have those if you're pretending to be something you're not. And people, you're not approachable. People know there's something wrong. They can't put their finger on it. So I think just... Being the person you came here to be is, is the most important thing you can do, is find yourself. I think Darren and I would agree that you definitely did. You found yourself. And you carried us in times that you didn't know you were carrying us. Um, I, we've chatted casually about that before. So 
Thank you for that. Okay, don't get the Kleenex out. No, but we will take a break. (laughs) You're listening to Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie. Stay tuned. Feeling the need to get away and reconnect with Mother Nature? Located on Whidbey Island, Earth Sanctuary is a peaceful and magical sculpture garden, nature reserve, and retreat center with two miles of nature trails, three bird-filled ponds, and a variety of powerful sacred spaces, including a labyrinth, stone circles, and medicine wheels. Come and enjoy the wonders of nature and experience personal renewal, spiritual growth, and healing today. Visit earthsanctuary.org or the Earth Sanctuary on Facebook for more information. Curious about whales in the Pacific Northwest? Orca Network's Langley Whale Center celebrates and shares the lives of gray whales, orcas, and other marine mammals of the Salish Sea. The Langley Whale Center is a project of Orca Network, a nonprofit that is based on Whidbey Island. The Langley Whale Center gives Orca Network the opportunity to have a public presence to share the excitement about the whales and marine mammals who are our neighbors. The Whale Center in Langley gives visitors and residents alike a chance to learn more about the endangered southern resident orcas who visit our area and about the North Puget Sound gray whales, a small, unique population of gray whales who find sustenance in the waters of Saratoga Passage and Possession Sound each March through May. Check out the Orca Network and Lingley Whale Center on Facebook for the latest whale sightings, educational programs, and events, or visit orcanetwork.org for more information. You'll be glad you did. Lift your spirits with us every Friday at 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. on 1150 AM KKNW Seattle. We will be introducing you to fascinating people, fun places to visit, and activities are guaranteed to lift your spirits. Miss a show? No worries. You can visit 1150kknw.com and click on our archive page or like Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie on Facebook for upcoming guests and events. To contact me, Dina Marie, visit dina-marie.com. Thank you so much for listening. Alternative Talk 1150, local talk for the body, mind, and soul. Welcome back. You're listening to Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie, and Benny is being a DJ. So that was uh, one of the original first Atari ads played in 1980, so I thought we'd be coming back with that. And I actually found a Mattel football game on eBay for you for $25. So it's still available. <laughs> if you want it, throw it back. Nice. My I'll, aunt. I'll put mine on. Yeah, I, right. I still have it in so, the original package. So today I have Joel Camburn and I have Darren Leggett from eighth grade. My friends, how many years is that, kids? Oh, did, I just did it. Yeah, I told you. She doesn't. <laughs> I always call people kids. 45 Dina, years. I'm going to hijack the show again. Okay, Joel's start, taking over. You're starting to do your ramble, which we love, <laughs> but it's time. Let's reel it in. And I'll confuse you. <laughs> you know, Benny's been doing a great job of pulling in music and things and things that remind I us. I got to leave. So, Bye, Benny. <laughs> and on that note, Benny's out. Okay, it's free for all. <laughs> yeah. uh, Don't hang up the phone. <laughs> Darren, baseball, what's your walk on music? For baseball? Uh, let me think about this a second. A lunatic fringe. Oh, that's intense. I love it when they play down in a stadium and the crew is walking out onto the field. I mean, how can you argue? Everybody's already against the umpires. You might as well have lunatic fringe. (laughs) I love it. That's great. Dina, playlist, stuff that we would know. What's on? So I remember you used to listen to Rod Stewart a lot in high school. (laughs) That was your thing. I was in love with Rod Stewart. Yeah, we all know this. (laughs) Yeah, you made it pretty clear you were going to be Mrs. Stewart, if I remember correctly. Oh, God, that was crazy. Um, but what, what's, what's a walk-on music for you? What's your, what's your theme? Uh, pink. Let's get this party started. <laughs> wow. But that's not from high school. Nice. Let's get this party started. That's what I, yeah, I was known for getting the party started. 
what in high school? Let's go there. Okay. Um, we had there was a yearbook. Everybody had a yearbook, and we used to write stuff on. And okay. underneath your picture, you'd write your aspirations. What do you want to do? Do you remember this? And you'd write what What do you want to do when you when you grow up? Not that we ever want to grow up. I still ask that question. Ask Benny. I'll say, when am I going to be? Or I'll tell you. I was talking to someone the other day. I, I just don't want to grow up. So I don't know what I want to be yet. Uh, Jimmy Buffett says, I'm growing older, but not up. There you My go. metabolic rate is pleasantly stuck. <laughs> so there you go. I can't take credit for it. So, Dina, what was under your picture in high school? Do you remember? I have fat knees. <laughs> you, wrote, you wrote that under your picture? No. Darren There's a great Lincoln story did. about that. <laughs> Lord. And then as an adult, he, 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 no, you were going, oh God, that was hilarious. And then you said, you said, I, you apologize as an adult. That was so sweet. Stay with me, Dina. <laughs> you tell the story, Darren. Well, it was an apology 40 years in the making. Oh Lord. I, the, the one thing when you're young and you're in middle school and stuff like that is you don't think about the comments you make towards girls or for girls. You, you just react. And, and she had asked me one day, hey, what do you think about my knees? Um, and mistakenly, I was at the time, I thought I was being truthful, but I wasn't being very girl friendly. It was like, they're chubby. I, I think chubby was the <laughs> I was exact a cheerleader, so I had that I skirt on all the time. But th- I do have big legs and I'm chubby. But you actually asked him, what were you hoping for? And then, well, then what he said was, I donated, it was in the annual or something, my knees to Dina Marie. <laughs> okay, that's funny. So this is what you wrote on your. It, it was in the, yeah, eighth okay, grade or ninth that's grade. That's yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Great tie in, by the way. So, no, I just, I think it's beautiful that we still have a relationship. And I like this relationship so much better because we can talk about who we were at that time. And, oh, we've had such amazing heart-to-heart conversations about what we were going through as kids. You know, and I think, too, boys tease. That was just what they did. And we didn't like it, but, you know, that's just the way it was. So We still tease. We just, everybody knows we're idiots now. (laughs) Men are not that bright. We are the, we are definitely, I have daughters who are amazing, and so I can actually tell you that. Men are not that bright. That's we are okay. truly the lesser of the two species. <laughs> if you ask my girls from the earliest stages, what are the rules of the house? They'd say, no whining. As they're little, I can hear the voices. No whining. And boys are bad. No. Is, <laughs> Mine is stay away from boys. That's what I was just saying. So stay away from all my girls that I mentor. Just stay away from boys. There you go. I say that. I've got a, an amazing son-in-law. So I, you know, there's exceptions to the rule. But um, anyway, so, okay. So we're talking about walking music. We're talking about you know, where we were in high school. We came out of this. Um, and Dina's like laughing. Where's this going to go, Joel? Where are we, where are we taking this? Uh, so, Dina, you said to me the other day something about having to get a real job, and you were, you were considering this. But then at the same, at the same sentence, you said, I want to walk in the light again. Can you share that with us? What's that mean to walk in the light? To walk in the light. I think your purpose and your passion. And that's what we were talking about when, oh, Darren came out to visit me. It was just he and I. And, and doing your purpose and passion and being that light. And, and you're very, I, I feel like I'm spiritual and connected to my source, and you're a very sp- spiritual man, and you have um, a higher person that, that gets through to you and leads your life. And I think when I listen to God, and when I do what God tells me to do, it's not by the book. It's not anything I learned in a book. It's basically some random getting us all together again. You know, I was just like Dwayne Smith. It was my birthday. Let's do something. I don't know. Is that his voice, by the way? <laughs> yes. I don't remember hearing him like that. Dwayne's got a cool voice. He's, He's got, got a, good a set real of pipes. low voice. But yeah. you know. So when you do Dwayne, it doesn't do him justice. I, I just know. Gotta be honest. Hey, Dwayne, if you're it. out there, buddy, we miss you, and that's not really what you sound like. <laughs> I have a voice And for she's everybody. turning red because now she feels bad about <laughs> I, saying I, I really don't. <laughs> I, just, I just feel like uh, 
acting on what spirit tells you to do. Some people think about things their whole life and they don't make the phone call and they don't. And you said, does energy matter? You were behind me at a memorial and had no idea you were there for Shane Bishop at Center for Wooden Boats, who's been on my show, who passed away. That's energy. When I needed someone to, to have my back and I hear your voice and I'm ready to cry, I mean, that's energy. And so we're together because our energy is grooving. Yeah, he was a good man. Yes, he is. He's he, still a good man. <laughs> he, still, he still is a good man. Yeah. Darren, if I asked you what's it mean to walk in the light, you're, you're a spiritual man, which I love and I respect immensely. We have that in common. What's it mean to walk in the light? Uh, for me specifically, it's not wandering too far off that path that the Lord's created for me, uh, listening to the Holy Spirit, um, and trying my best to do it his way as opposed to taking the reins and doing it my way. I had a similar conversation like this last weekend, and I talked about the song that I love so much, uh, Jesus Take the Wheel. So often, instead of letting him take the wheel, I've got a hand on it. Or remember those old driver's ed cars we had where there was like <laughs> multiple brakes, or if you weren't doing something right, then teacher hit the brake. That was so much and, fun. <laughs> and when it doubled up, you, you, there were no airbags. So our foreheads either hit the wheel or hit the dashboard, depending. Um, it's one of those things where I got to get my hand off the wheel. I got to get my hand off the brake and, and just submit and do it his way. So that, for me, would be walking in the light. You know, it's funny you mentioned driver's ed. That literally was something I was going to talk about today. Oh, I'm not kidding you. Because they had it at the school, and we were at left the in the car with another person, and, and we would push those brakes, and we would have had so had, much fun. I had a person in my car who I can't use their name because they, they're a lovely individual, <laughs> but the last name was Blood. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want you to know that was not a comfortable feeling, hmm. you know, when you're in high school. But I loved it. I loved it. First car. Darren, what was your first car? Uh, my first car was a 78 Chevy Monza. Wow. And there was some kind of a defect in that car that whether you turned left or right, I can't recall, the engine would stall momentarily. <laughs> oh, great. And then it would find its way to work again. It was kind of a prelude to the electronic cars today oh. where they cut out and oh. then the battery kicks on. Well, this one wasn't running off battery. It was, I think I can, I think I can. <laughs> it would find itself again, but it was only one direction, which was really The funky. little Monza that could. Yeah, yeah. Dina, first car. 67 Chevelle, black. Dang. <laughs> I think My I remember dad, that. I gave him money for a Honda, and he comes back with his hot rod. And don't you think I attracted too many boys at that time? It got me in deep trouble. You were attracting boys at that time. Well, it got without worse. The car, so. <laughs> but we're, we're not going to go there. No, let's we're, not even go We're there. on to the next thing. <laughs> so let's talk about what's next. Okay, so we've, we've all kind of found our, our little niche where we're grooving. We've all acquired some gray hair. And now, and we have those scars we talked about. And I think each of us, and Benny, I'm talking to you too, buddy. All right. Um, each of us are having a positive impact in our own way. I think we all would love to do even more, mm -hmm. right? So my question, we'll start with Benny. What's next, Benny? Still passing along good messages here with radio and keeping it going strong. That's what I got to do. So it, is there aspirations to um, to own a different type of studio, to... Uh, As your boys are getting older, how's that look? Currently right now, no, not really. Just uh, making sure the good word is out for the radio aspect and, you know, just being on all the platforms available for us. Okay. Well, you know? you're awesome at what you do, buddy. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. Really good to Thank see you. you. Appreciate it. Darren, what's next? Well, for the next five to six years, it, it's kind of hard to imagine retirement. I mean, I, I know some of our classmates have done that. I know some are near that. Probably for the next six or seven years, I've got to start thinking about that aspect it's going to be hard to sever that cord in terms of being out there and being a grandpa or being some kind of a 
as a kindergartner said the other day, a superhero <laughs> to them. Um, so I guess it's going to be finding different hobbies that are similar to what I do with baseball and stuff like that to where I can transition. I'm, I'm a busybody. I don't like to sit still. So next for me, I'm just going to wait and see what opportunities come my way, try a few things, see if I like them, and, and keep doing what I'm doing. Superhero. If you were a superhero, who are you? As a superhero, that is a great question. If I were a superhero, I would go with Captain America. I can see that. He's, I just call him Darren Leggett. He's, he's always a superhero. My favorite. <laughs> and, and it's that shield. You know, I like to throw things. It's going back to dodgeball. So if you give me something to throw at a bad guy, it's right in my element. Everything goes back to dodgeball, baby. That's right. That's where it is, but not the short shorts. Right? We're not going to go there. The day is young. Dina. What am what, I going to do? What's next? I'm going to continue lifting my spirits, spreading the light so everything will be all right, and doing the show with Benny. It's nine years in April. Nice. Aww. Congratulations. Congrats. And thank you for taking all of us in this room and those who are listening along for that ride. We're very excited to see where it's going to take you next. Thank you, Joel, for being our host. It's, it's been a pleasure amazing. to be here, you guys. Joel Love you all. Cameron, Darren Leggett, Mr. Benny Mathers. Join us next week for more people, places, and activities that will lift your spirits. Hope you know how wonderful you are How bright your gentle star shines into the night Coming home. Close your eyes, feel the sunshine upon your face. All the bad dreams have been erased. Girl, you're coming home. Stars begin to alive. Girls just watch them shine. You resign yourself to be stuck inside this listless dream, drifting out. Once the moment came and you left
let the bastard walk away with his shackles and his shame. You are free now to live life your own way. Sunshine upon your face, all the bad dreams have been erased. Girl, you're finally home. You broke the mold, you broke the story. Toss the pieces into the ocean wide. Now, as the stars begin to align. Shine.